Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 145, the spoiler talk for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Southeast and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, The Hype is on 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film related discussion. And as you can see by the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about Sonic 2 spoilers. Now, I had planned to do this a lot sooner, but I was trying to be mindful of spoilers. But since everybody in America, once that film came out, started throwing out spoilers almost immediately. I'd say within like the first 24 to 48 hours, I was seeing spoilers for all sorts of stuff when it came to character specific scenes, certain parts about the end and the post credits were being thrown all over the place. I swear when it comes to certain video game fans and film fans, they just can't keep their mouth shut. So yeah, I think just because I was busy with work, especially with the lead up to Easter, I just didn't have the time, but now we're available. I just wanted to do a very open slash casual discussion about this so this probably won't be as scripted as some of the stuff i've done beforehand but as a major sonic fan i don't think i would be able to go on with this podcast without having to you know talk about this in a spoiler based fashion so what i'm just going to be doing is just talking about the stuff i like and the stuff i dislike because i have seen the film twice i probably will see it again at least another time and yeah there are certain aspects that I still adore about this film, but certain issues I had with it became apparent on my second viewing. That being said, I still feel like this film is a home run in terms of video game adaptations and getting closer to the source material. And as a Sonic fan, I think most people can agree who are within the fandom, this film is hitting all those pitch perfect notes when it comes to, you know, giving you what you want when it comes to the gaming stuff. So, As per usual with my standard reviews, we're going to be talking about stuff in the story, character, and presentation departments. So I will highlight what I liked about the films first and then talk about what I disliked about them, you know, straight afterwards. So without further ado, let's jump in. Alright, so now it's time to talk about the story. And the thing is, I really enjoyed how much this film embraced its video game aspects. Now, the previous one had certain elements here and there, but it really was just another live-action slash CG hybrid kids family film with a animated character hanging around with a human going off on like silly shenanigans, except with a sonic skin. And don't get me wrong, that film was fun. But this one straight up just took aspects from the game's story characters and mythology and yanked it out from those previous games and stuck it in here but put its own unique spill on it in a really good way so you have elements being borrowed from sonic 2 3 and knuckles and the first two adventure games and to a degree sonic heroes and i really enjoyed just seeing knuckles teaming up with robotnik which was their uneasy alliance that they formed which was just a way for robotnik to use Knuckles to get closer to his secret plan of actually obtaining the Master Rambler, which he did in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. And he also tricked Knuckles again in Sonic Adventure, so it was pretty fun just to see that play out. Seeing them go through uh, the mythology that they've created for this film, where they took the unique approach of 
fusing the Master Emerald with the Chaos Emeralds into one entity so that the Chaos Emeralds and the Master Emeralds in the games are separate. And the Master Emerald is used to basically quell the power of the Chaos Emeralds. But in this film, they decided, okay, the Chaos Emeralds are all fused together in the Master Emerald, and that is what imbues people with all this crazy power. And it, it's cool that they were able to bring the Echidnas in here, because like in the games, the Echidna are sworn to protect it, but they are also very power-hungry. And it was their power-hungry elements that led to their destruction but that also introduced chaos as well but i don't know if they're going to do that in uh, these movies but i do enjoy the fact that with the master emerald it imbued whoever had it with like a lot of power but it was longclaw from the first film along with her race of owls that decided that the echidnas didn't need to have that power and they got into a big war about it to the point where they wiped each other out which left Knuckles as the sole survival of his race, again, much like the games, and then he's on a mission to, you know, get the Master Emerald, much like the games. However, his way of, like, uh, coming after it is, again, slightly different than it was in the games, but I appreciated how they were able to take a lot of this mythology, create its own unique interpretation of it, but still retain a lot of those core elements that made the game really cool. And I also like the introduction of Gun. They're the secret government organization that played a pretty big part in the games from Sonic Adventure right up until Sonic 06. If they ever get around to adapting anything from that game, good lord, that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be something else. Um, but then this film also introduced Super Sonic as well, which I think there was a lot of rumors and like speculation that Sonic could transform into a super form in this, but I thought it might be a little too early. But there he was in his bloody beautiful glory, which I will go into later on. And then the post credit scene, good gravy. They decided to drop Shadow in there. They said, oh yeah, in Eggman's files, we found like, you know, this project from 50 years ago. I'm like, oh no, you didn't. And the way I shouted so loud, it was, <laughs> oh man, I was such a stupid little girl, man. I was so hyped. But yeah, for those who aren't aware, Shadow the Hedgehog is one of the most infamous characters within the Sonic lore. He is loved, but he is also hated. And he has a very deep and complicated backstory. Okay, not that complicated, but it's a very rich one for a character within the Sonic universe. His character is filled with a lot of darkness, death, and <laughs> his friend gets killed by the government as he's sent away to earth and he has like this evil vendetta against the humans even though he has a boggled memory as well and if you want to take his solo game into the equation you have the whole alien species that helped create him along with Gerald Robotnik who is like you know obviously Dr. Robotnik's grandfather I'm like Jesus Christ there is so much to take into consideration but either way, there is a lot of really cool stuff to speculate and think about now that we have not only classic aspects of the Sonic lore introduced into this world, but you also have a lot of the Sonic Adventure slash Adventure 2 stuff to look forward to. So it seems like now, even though the director said that they're not going to be, you know, following the games in order in terms of the stuff that they adapt for future, uh, you know, material, it does seem like we're edging closer to the adventure era and that would probably be suitable for Sonic in the sense that since we went 3D with Sonic, he was plopped into the real world 
And then you had a lot of stories that sort of revolved around, like, you know, the fictional location of Station Square and, um, you know, seeing Robotnik running around, like, causing chaos in the real world, along with, like, some of these animated, like, you know, is it uh, anthropomorphic characters. Basically, it would be smart for them to embrace the Sonic Adventure style of uh, storytelling just because in those games, Sonic and his little cohorts were already part of the human world. And obviously, you also have a blueprint for that with Sonic X, even though I'm not overly keen on that show. This would be a good opportunity for them to obviously stick within this same human world, but still have a lot of plot details that you could borrow from the games because the setting's still familiar. Now let's move on to the stuff I didn't like in the plot. I would say the human characters, I really do appreciate how they were utilized in this, where they were, you know, obviously pushed off to the side and they were just there for like Rachel's wedding and that's about it. However, there were certain sequences where it just felt like there was a little bit too much time spent on them and you could have shaved off at least five to 10, maybe even 15 to 20 minutes of this film. And don't get me wrong, I really like the character of Rachel and, um, I thought she was pretty funny in the first film, and I thought the actress was fun. However, there was just a little too much time spent on her, with her going on her little revenge against her like uh, husband-to-be when she found out he was part of like uh, the secret gun organization, and this was a whole setup. I thought that was pretty funny. The fact that like Gun had infiltrated like uh, you know, was it Tom and uh, his wife's like uh, lives and got into Rachel just so they could try and capture Sonic. I'm like, jeez, man, that's so extreme. It was pretty funny. Um, but at the same time, just seeing Rachel go on this like next level, uh, you know, is it um, sequence where she's driving in the golf cart, she blows some stuff up and is having this like, you know, serious slash romantic moment with her, uh, with Shamar Moore. I get it, but the annoying thing is these guys aren't the focus of the film and they weren't written in a way where they had that much depth to begin with. Um, so just seeing how like this was just taking up time from where we wanted to see what was going on with either uh, Eggman and uh, Knuckles or seeing what was going on with Sonic and Tails. I'm like, come on, man, you guys are wasting time. Get out, get away from this. It was definitely more apparent on my second viewing. And also the whole thing with uh rachel and maddie work together to infiltrate the location where sonic and tails are being held up and like you know free them i thought it was an interesting little sequence but i felt like they could have shaved a few minutes off of that there were some shenanigans that were played up for humor that just kind of wasted time you know what i mean watching it the second time i could see the exact cutoff point where i'm like okay that was enough we didn't need any more of that and yeah, but then you also have the introduction of Gun, which again, they're this secret organization who play a pretty big part in the games, and they're a lot more serious than they were in the film. And I understand this is a kid's film, so obviously there's a certain amount of like their uh, seriousness that you have to downplay. But the fact that you had the Olive Garden man from the previous film as the sort of head of this uh, task force, he was not really someone that came across as like... Uh, you know, someone competent, uh, someone that you should, uh, uh, you know, put in a position of power like that. He just treated a lot of this very nonchalantly. And I felt for a secret organization that's tasked with, like, you know, keeping track of aliens and like trying to keep them, you know, under wraps and keep the planet safe. I was just like, good Lord, this guy, he's he's a big clown. I'm not taking this guy seriously at all. 
Alright, so now it's time to talk about the characters, and I thought that everybody who was related to the video games was really fun. I really, really love Knuckles. It was great to have that more serious, confident, badass version of the character that we got from the original games, where he wasn't played for jokes as much as he was in the later side of the video games, and obviously Sonic Boom as well. I like that he was a warrior who felt like he'd lost everything, which he had because his tribe was killed. And he, you know, the last day he saw his father was the day that, like, they went to war against the owls. And that he doesn't quite understand human customs as well. That was pretty fun. So it's cool that he has a sort of uh, Drax-like, uh, you know, is it demeanor when it comes to him, like, you know, not quite understanding things. And, you know, was it when someone says something, he takes it either super literally or, you know, as it sort of goes over his head. But it was cool that in the midst of all of that, there was a little drama added to his backstory. And that because he's been alone for so long, he just has no sense of connection or trust to anybody. So when he has that scene with uh, Sonic on the beach after he saved Sonic Life, who saved him beforehand when he was drowning... The fact that these guys were able to find common ground and, you know, was it just come together and form an alliance, which was the start of, like, you know, their friendship slash rivalry, I was in love with it. It was pitch perfect. And again, like, uh, I'll talk about this more with Tails as well, but this is the kind of characterization that I feel like the games have has been missing for a while. Now, granted, obviously, you've had, like, almost 30 years of seeing Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles hanging around with each other in video game form, but at least with the earlier games, there wasn't so much of a focus on story. It was just a case of reading the manual and then finding out that these guys were either friends or rivals or enemies. And then with the 3D era, by the time you got to that point, it was already established that these guys already had connections, so you didn't have to do any of the legwork. But it is always nice to see characters interacting and having those sort of uh, friendship or character building moments that would define their, you know, connections for future projects. So seeing Sonic and Knuckles, like, you know, be beefing throughout the whole film and then coming to realize that, you know what, they're not so different, that they have a common enemy and that they could potentially be friends down the line. It was great. I really, really liked that. And then there's obviously Tails as well. I love tails he was beautiful and you know colleen did such a great job voicing him he has that wonderful balance of cuteness but also confidence to him and seeing sonic and tails go off on their little adventures was really fun i know there's a lot of people that weren't overly keen on the use of the whole dance off when they were in was it siberia i think but it was a really great character building moment for Sonic and Tails, especially when it comes to the later half of that whole scene where they're, you know, just talking, Tails saying that he felt like a freak when he was younger, but then he saw Sonic and he was like, oh yeah, he was weird too, so I felt like we could potentially have a connection, but also I felt like there's more that I could do with myself after seeing Sonic's accomplishments. And then when Sonic said, like, you know, is it, oh yeah, you're my buddy, and he's like, oh, Am I really your buddy? He's like, yeah, sure. And when Tails hugs Sonic, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, by heart, I can't take it. And then when they go to sleep and Tails puts his tails on, like, you know, is it Sonic as a blanket? I was like, this is the most bloody adorable thing I've ever seen in my bloody life. This is the foundation of everything that's special to that friendship. 
these guys are have that sort of big brother little brother dynamic and their connection is always at its best when they are playing that up and yeah like sonic and tails in this film were precious i wish there was more scenes with them beyond this but obviously because of the nature of the story they had to you know move things along but yeah sonic and tails they were beautiful but then sonic tails and knuckles once they decide to you know work together to try and take down eggman towards the end of the movie and there you know was it fighting off a bunch of drones and then decide to run down the street towards the giant death egg robot it was straight up sonic heroes oh god i was hearing the crush 40 music in my mind and i was getting flashbacks to the intro sequence from sonic heroes as well it was straight up like you know the video game come to life their dynamic was wonderful and then you had the return of dr robotnik slash eggman jim carrey was doing a lot of really fun stuff in this movie just like his weird robot movements or like uh, just seeing how he can still scream really high and get into a lot of these uh, physical aspects of his character running around and doing all this weird stuff. I'm like, Jim Carrey is, he's getting on a bit, but he's still very flexible. I'm like, jeez, man, this guy's cool. I did enjoy the fact that his character had become a little bit more insane since the last one, which plays into the whole sort of mad doctor aspect of his character that was familiar from certain video games and some of the animated TV shows as well. I did also enjoy the fact that like uh, Agent Stone returned and he's been obsessed with Robotnik for so long, making little um, pictures of him in his coffee and then making one of him and Robotnik in the coffee. I'm like, good lord, this guy... There must be more than friendship going on here, man, because he's obsessed with this dude. But Agent Stone, it was great to see that actor come back as well. They have a really fun dynamic. I just wish there was more of them, you know, in less of the more action-heavy sequences and just, like, you know, having silly little fun conversations. All right, now it's time to talk about the presentation. And for the most part, it was nearly pitch perfect. I really like the visual side of this film. The visual effects seem to get a big upgrade over the previous one. And I really like seeing Sonic Tails and Knuckles, especially when it came to seeing them up close, the amount of detail in their fur, their skin, their eyes and the gloves, and the way in which they're animated for the most part was really cool. I really liked some of the action sequences where they were talking about the first introduction of Sonic and Knuckles fighting each other at Tom and Maddie's house, or the subsequent chase sequence where Knuckles is chasing after Sonic and Tails, or the big action set piece that we saw a few times in the trailers where Sonic is snowboarding down that massive mountain, being chased by Eggman's drones, but also Knuckles as well. Very reminiscent of seeing the ice cap zone from not only Sonic 3, but more specifically Sonic Adventure, with, with Sonic just avoiding all that missile fire and all that stuff. It was wonderful. But then you also have that sequence where Sonic is chasing after Robotnik and Knuckles, and he runs across the ocean. That scene was cool as hell. I was definitely getting some Sonic Unleashed sort of flashbacks because it was there and I guess the original Sonic Adventure and Sonic 06 where you had major sequences where you're running over big massive uh, pools of water. Obviously you ended up doing that in Sonic 3 at first but in 3D with that vastness of like land that you had to cover with sonic speed it definitely felt more like sonic unleashed to me than anything else it was wonderfully done even though sonic didn't make his way to the island entirely it was really cool to witness seeing sonic run across like uh, that water and then like try to bridge the gap between those big massive waves and then seeing him 
but also Knuckles and uh, Robotnik trying to make their way through the Labyrinth Zone and avoid all those traps. That was so cool. So much of that stuff was ripped straight out of Sonic 1, but also Sonic 2 as well, especially when it came to that big wall crusher with the spikes. I was having the best time of my life. And then, of course, the major fight between Sonic and Knuckles in the sort of throne room slash palace area, seeing them bounce off of the walls and use their different kind of tactics, whether it was Sonic Speed or Knuckles, like, you know, was it uh, strength to try and take each other out? Beautiful stuff. Dynamic camera angles, wonderfully animated stuff. It was perfect. I was having such a good time with that. And then you have the final act where Sonic tells the Knuckles team up to take on the Death Egg robot and that was so cool. The seeing these guys fighting off a bunch of drones in a sort of little circular like uh, camera motion going around them. It reminded me of the first and second Avengers movies. Obviously not nearly as dramatic and not nearly as much slow motion but um, it was just really cool to see these guys attacking individually but then once they decided to you know head towards the death egg robot seeing them attack as they were running and seeing them like you know sort of do some combination abilities as well it was straight up sonic heroes and then you have the introduction of supersonic and he looks glorious he reminded me a lot of his appearance in uh, sonic unleashed with the sort of fiery aura and then having him like literally smash right through the uh, death egg robot literally zipping and flying and smashing his way in and out of that thing super quick i'm like mate this is so sonic unleashed i was having the best time ever and then obviously seeing shadow at the end of it his character was rendered wonderfully i can't wait to see that all of that visual stuff fantastic i will say though when it comes to the cons Visually, I will say that there were certain moments where the green screen for the visual effects and some of the live-action footage did not blend well at all. There was just a very weird, like, sort of lighting problem with that, and certain stuff clearly just didn't look like they were in the same scene. And as much as I like the visual design of these characters, at certain points, they do look a little odd, and some of the animation doesn't look as clean as certain other scenes, and... One of the greatest sins of this film was the lack of Sonic music. I don't know if it's a licensing issue or if they just felt like uh, Junkie XL was able to, like, you know, just create his own original thing. And sure, when you're like a film composer, you know, you want to make your own mark on it. And I thought he did a decent job with the previous film. This film still retains the sort of opening introduction song that incorporates a little bit of Green Hill in there, which is still pretty good. But the fact that there was no Sonic music ripped from the games at all, nothing from Sonic 2, 3, or like the Adventure era, when you had sequences uh, like the Labyrinth Zone, or when Sonic was surfing down that mountain, or when Sonic and uh, Knuckles were fighting, there was nothing from any of those games. So you had like uh, none of the snowboarding music from uh, Sonic Adventure, no Crush 40, no not even a tiny glimmer of Sonic Heroes, uh, it was major, major disappointment. And again, I think it might be just a licensing issue or maybe they just don't want to pay for the rights to use that kind of stuff or have those artists, like, you know, is it record new material? But you have the Sonic franchise with some of the best music ever and you just choose not to even dive, even if a toe into that. It was a massive oversight and something that just irked me greatly. So 
I can only hope that they're going to try and correct this in the next film because the music in this film was decent. It had its moments, but I felt like more could have been done. You have a franchise with such memorable and sexy music. Utilize that. Come on now. Oh, and speaking of music, can't we just talk about how much licensed music was used in this film? I swear they like double slash triple the amount of that music that was used in this one as opposed to the last film. Now don't get me wrong, I don't mind like the use of licensed music every once in a blue moon as long as it's just for like maybe one or two major sequences and that's it. But this film spread it out all over the place to the point where it almost got into Suicide Squad territory of having so many different tracks and it's just like, what is the point of this? It doesn't seem like it's necessary. And some of these songs just felt really random just because for kids who are watching this primarily, there's a lot of like references that they're not going to get because they're just, you know, not part of that target demographic at all. So, you know, you get stuff like related to risky business or like certain songs from the 90s that granted, if you're an older person like me, you would recognize some of those. But it's just like, what is the point of this? This doesn't seem like there's a reason for it to be there. And, you know, was it I don't really care for the song Uptown Funk anymore. <laughs> I felt like it had its place in time for about maybe a year or so, but then it just became excessively frustrating. So to see it in this film, I was like, oh, okay, here we go again. Now, granted, I didn't mind it too much, but at the same time, it was just a little surprising to see that in there where I felt, again, you could have gone with something a little bit more lowbrow or, again, you know, closer to the video games, that would have been really fun. But I felt like the use of uh, licensed music in this film was very excessive and uh, just unnecessary. And yeah, I think that will do it for like this spoiler-based discussion. I honestly had so many more things I could have mentioned. I didn't really talk that much about Sonic, and don't get me wrong, he was really good, especially because Ben Schwartz was able to drop a Parks and Rec reference in there, which made my life i think i was like one of two people in the cinema that got that but when he dropped the worst in there i was like oh yes john ralphio my guy bringing it back it was wonderful but yeah uh i think i'm just gonna call it quits for the time being because there is just so many other things i could talk about with this movie I do recognize that it definitely has some faults. It has some like course correction that needs to be done in terms of like uh, its handling of its human based characters, either to strip them down even more or give them more significant parts to play where it feeds into the plot a little bit better than it did in this film. But again, when this film is firing on all cylinders, it is such a good time getting those vibes of like Sonic 1 through to Sonic 3 and Knuckles seeing the uh, sort of Sonic Adventure, Adventure 2 and Heroes like st stuff like on screen, getting those sort of video game flashbacks, feeling that sort of Crush 40 feeling in your soul. Some good shit, man. Um, I am super jazzed and excited for where they could go with Sonic 3 and I am very curious to see what they're going to do with the Knuckles series. But we'll see, we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think of the movie Tell me some spoilers in the comment section below or hit me up on Twitter where I'm at Hypersonic55 or at FilmFocus55. Check out the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and all those other places you can find podcasts. And yeah, I'll be back relatively soon with some other stuff to talk about. So until the next time, this is the Hypersonic55 signing out. Peace.